Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 759. That's right. Recording today on the 7th of June, 2023. Actually, I think one or two days. Uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, everyone's big shout out to Battery Operated Orchestra. If you didn't see his uh, Chris from Battery Operated Orchestra's uh, uh, CSO1 uh, five minutes with video, uh, they had a birthday uh, podcast. They do one a month, and uh, the Boocast is actually really good, and it's coming on leaps and bounds, and they're really getting good at this stuff. So, it's, on, it's online now. Do check it out. Um, just wanted to give a shout out for that. But this is a music technology podcast. That's what we do. We talk about all things to do with music tech, synthesizers, drum machines, samplers, software, recording, uh, plugins, you name it. We pr playing live, live tech, uh, streaming live tech, all of that kind of stuff. That's what we talk about. And we are entering the summer season where things often get a little bit slower, but we've got plenty to talk about and to help us get through. We've got a great set of panellists for you. Uh, but I wanted to just give you a quick shout out um, don't forget uh, to join uh, our patreon is available i'm just going to play the uh, the recording now and i'll tell you all, i'll tell you all about it but i won't be me live why not consider joining us on Patreon for the price of a cup of coffee, a cheap one at that, a month you get access to all our stuff ad-free if it's been posted monetized to YouTube. You also get the Sonic Talk pre-show and a few other perks besides. But if you go up to the upper level, which is still literally just a couple of cups of coffee, you'll get extra content. Uh, there's samples, there's exclusive videos. In fact, we're going to be posting some stuff of the Kodamo mask. There's some extra stuff there. There's also behind-the-scenes footage uh, early access, all kinds of stuff. And if you're quick and you get it done before the end of the show, your name will appear in the end credits and stay there for as long as you're subscribing. Once again, we thank all of our Patreon supporters and we welcome your board if you're considering. Back to the show. Yes, that's all that very meta. Anyway, um, so welcome, everybody. Let's bring our guests in. Oh, before I do, let's just say hello to those in the chat. Uh, of course, big thank you to Wagyu, who's uh, moderating and is also manning the controls of the heavy machinery that keeps the show running and makes the uh, comments all cross-post to each other. Fantastic work there, Wagyu. Thank you very much. And uh, all you folks, uh, Jeremy, Eric, uh, Eric, oh, I can't read it. It's too small. Uh, Tanith, uh, Pendle Stephen, uh, CL Ghost, Scott from Canada, Steve Elbows, all the all the, the usual folks and and more. So thanks very much to everybody for joining us. Uh, let's go uh, and say hello to our guest now. We've got uh, Mr. Matt Hodson. Matt Hodson, of course, you may have seen a bit more of him recently. He's done uh, the Maya MD900, which I thoroughly recommend you check out. And of course, the uh, Make Noise Spectrophone, and maybe some more things to come. Esconced in mm. the new studio. Your video's looking great these days. I must say, you're really getting the getting on top of that. It's a good feeling, isn't it, when you when you don't have yeah. to set it up every time and yeah yes yeah like today it was just like turn just turn on the lights turn on the camera happy ready to go but i must say i um i won't show you the rest of the room because it's just chaos in here i'm in the middle of building yeah. a couple of new euro rat cases i don't know if anyone's been seeing me on instagram stories but um i've went down the rabbit hole of designing um and building my own euro rat cases uh working with an architect guy around the corner called david dowsett and he's um he helped me design them using AutoCAD. I don't know if you've ever tried to use AutoCAD, by the way, anyone. Now, I think I'm pretty geeky, and I get my head around most pieces of software. You know, I can build stuff in Macs. Ask me to use AutoCAD. I'm sorry. I just could not click with that. Um, so I got this guy to help develop it. But, um, yeah, I'm literally waiting for more bits to turn up. Here's one of them. They're both quite – there's you as well, Oh, Nick, yeah. On, on it. Oh, you yeah. See. Hello. 
So hello there. That's so uh, yeah, all power supplies and cables and bus boards in there. So I'm not doing a very good job of this, but uh, is this there you is are, this okay. the uh, that looks like it's going to be installed rather than on the road, right? Yes. Yeah, so this will be two studio cases. Uh, they're both quite big monster cases, and I've I'd still keep my live case, obviously, for when I go out on the road. But um, yeah, very much in the middle of all that. I've done a video on it all, which will be going live in a couple of days. And I'll take you through the process if you want to do this yourself, because I had the wood actually cut using a laser cutter um, and how you can design it. Because if you want it for a very specific, I, I needed a particular size and shape and ergonomic. So um, keep an eye out for that one. Nice. That's the sort of content our, uh, is right up our street, I think. And uh, that sort of thing that our listeners and viewers will be happy to uh, mm. get involved. Incidentally, I was getting, we're, we're actually working on building up our mailing list again and doing uh, kind of got a few ideas in the pipeline. So if you want to uh, go and sign up, um, there should be a box pretty much everywhere on the site. At least try and then you can tell me whether it still works because <laughs> I've got to go in and check it all out. But uh, we will be doing that and hopefully we'll have some interesting sort of mailing list only stuff. But uh, more so on that. Um, a bit later. So the thing I love about your Patreon uh, thing, Nick, is the more people that go on it and um, sign up to it, obviously their name appears at the end of the show over that really long sustained cord, which gets longer yeah. and longer and longer and longer. Uh, actually, I've, I've, I've added, I've added the, I've got to add some more seconds to that sustained cord because it's not long enough anymore. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just wondering sort of, how long is it, it going to get? And then it fades out and fades in under the video and it's too, yeah, it's, too, it's but, it, but yeah, we're, we're, we're at about 26 seconds now because I added the credit, 26. I got in touch, um, uh, Richard, I've forgotten the guy's name now, it's gone for me, but, the people who did the theme to the guy did the theme tune and the guy did the theme tune animation uh they get get credited at the end well, i can't think why well, i hadn't done that already but i sorted that out today but uh, yeah, let's see if we can get it up to a minute a minute a minute, a minute sustained cord come on folks sign up get on that I patreon might, i might do a bit more creative work on that might do some overdubs if that's well, the case oh maybe that's uh, that's part of the carrot nick you know more people that sign up like yeah you add more to the More composition things. and it grows yeah yeah interesting idea that's a very interesting idea anyway matt thanks for that input and uh, gaz williams of course <laughs> uh, gaz there in uh, his studio in bristol where uh, you've got the head monitors up there i see and uh, and the i've got a set of those uh, iks as well now they're, they're my main monitors here so uh, where you do mastering and playing bass and uh, youtubing are you youtubing today well apart yes, from the I show I am going to be tonight on the Gaz Williams show at 8 p.m. So please join me. I'm going to be playing around with, uh, I've been threatening to do this for a while, but uh, the rumble of ancient times from Soma uh, together oh, yeah. with the wingy Mark II. Oh, did, would, did, was that the one on the Facebook group that the guy said he had for sale? Because I saw that and I thought, shall I, shall I? And I didn't. And I went back and I go, no, I'm going to. And it went, gone. Was that you? It was me. Yeah, it was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but what I've discovered is I've discovered that the Wingy and the Rowat are like unbelievably made for each other. It is fantastic. Uh, they just, in, they just, oh my goodness. They're like, soup, they become like superheroes kind of, um, they're definitely Batman and Robin. Cause like Batman's rubbish without Robin, isn't it? You know, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but they really go really well together. The Wingy doesn't have a battery in it, but it, you can power it from a USB. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, so the thing is, those little things, really small, and I've got just a you know little little 
you know, a little nifty man bag that they can go into. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is great. I went, uh, played a gig at the weekend, stayed overnight in a, in a big tent, had a, had a synth jam, <laughs> you know, well, I say synth jam, you know, whip out the wingy and the, uh, and also with a the chaos jam. With, a wingy jam with a, the little mini chaos pad at the end of the chain as well. So it's just like the Roat, the wingy, sorry, and then the chaos pad. Super portable, really, really minimal. But then it kind of got me thinking, oh, it'd be quite nice to You know, this is it. Yeah. Oh, no. Expand, extend, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was no, like... I yeah, so I'm using a little Marshall battery-powered speaker that's got a line yeah. input in it. You know, they're dying out, aren't they? Line inputs, they're going loads and Jeez. loads of the kind of fancy yeah. things that are coming out now. These speakers are Bluetooth only. There is no way in with the line. Oh, my goodness. So this little Marshall one, thankfully, has. So um, mm, little passive oh, I've mixer. I've seen that. It's a passive uh, a summing mixer, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So that's pretty. And then I was, <laughs> but this is the that, 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 that blowing rabbit hole you fall into with music technology i started thinking oh yeah well what would be cool would be a, like a little drum machine oh i know i've got my <laughs> my old, I got the old uh, pocket operator i was thinking ah oh, the pocket operator is sort of a, and i thought oh yeah i know da -da oh this God. thing but this is that <laughs> Nick's favourite thing, and uh, and this thing is ludicrously powerful. And then I was like, oh yeah, but um, to synchronise yeah. it, to synchronise oh, no. it, then you need now you need a, yeah, then you need a synth yeah. generator and a clock well, divider. There is blah, like, blah, 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 well, there blah. is a thing you can get for this. It's like the line in module. I thought, oh yeah, I remember now. You can get that line in module, and it gives you MIDI on a mini jack. And then you look, and it's like 150 quid, and it's like, oh, yeah. What? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, for the kind of, the wingy, you know. Yeah. The, sorry, go on. The wingy. The wingy is great, isn't it? For those of you who yeah. haven't, uh, check out Calc's performance at uh, the oh, last yeah. EMOM that we did, uh, which was really good, and he used that a lot, and it was very yeah. creatively. In fact, while I'm talking about, um, I, I was talking about, uh, um, uh, Imam, there was a thing I, I did want to make sure that we post, posted this. Uh, do keep abreast of the Imam dates. There's a full calendar. In fact, uh, Friday the 16th, uh, Geosynth, Jamie's doing his uh, a new venue. Uh, so that will be streaming live, I assume. Uh, but if not, I'm sure you can find out more stuff, stuff about it uh, via Geosynth, Facebook and YouTube and all of those things. But uh, do check out that URL for all the uh, all the goodness. All the um, Yeah, there we go. Friday the 16th of June, open mic. So there's a whole... So if you're if you're still thinking about doing it, now's a good time because there's still plenty of them going on. But uh, yes, so um, it's an interesting, interesting time of year. There's not usually all that much. I suppose we could start with the, the elephant in the room because, I mean, frankly, it's, <laughs> I mean, yep. it was Apple WWC, which is supposed to be a developer conference. And they usually sort of drop one or two things at this, but they went absolutely mental at this one. You know, they've done, Apple, obviously they did the, uh, well, uh, let, let's just press the button and then you can see the, the one thing that they did. And there's some funny stories behind this as well. So here we go. Obviously, Vision Pro. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. This is obviously their VR yep. slash AR headset that, you know, it's not prime time. It's, it's all to do with um, 
you know, getting developers on board and finding finding some problems to solve <laughs> with the new hardware that nobody knew they needed. Uh, sorry, did I really say that out loud? I did really, didn't I? It's, you know, uh, we know what it is. There's no point, but it does look like a fantastic technology, all sort of interesting first-time stuff. But the other thing that we saw, which perhaps didn't get much kudos, was they've brought uh, the, the Mac... The, um, there's a 15-inch MacBook Air, which is kind of a big deal, actually. I think that's going to be quite a popular model mm. for them. Uh, Mac yep. Studio M2 and Mac Studio Pro with PCIe slots at, at M2. And that, I mean, that's really expensive. It starts at like seven grand or something. But there's a lot. So there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment. I mean, they've really, they've, they've really kind of just splurged it. I mean, you know, which is unlike them. I, I'll, maybe I'll come to you first, uh, um Gaz, because I know you, you know, that we, we both use a lot of Apple stuff. I mean, not exclusively, but uh, does any of this kind of change the way you think your next purchase might go? Do you, I mean, if we start, maybe we start with the AR, because that's something I think that is very much, yeah. is it something we need? I mean, they've been working on it for so long. The problem is now nobody kind of cares. They're all interested in AI, which is that I was talking about, we were watching the news yesterday and it, all the news was still about mm. AI and help us, please. We don't know what to do with it. It's going to be dangerous and change the world, which I think is a bit of a, it's a bit of a free PR gambit from the major players, but not a word about an entirely new product category from Apple, which is normally headline news, right? Yeah, very good point. Uh, I think it's a big deal. I mean, you know, it's expensive. It's three and a half thousand dollars, and I'd imagine that maybe even it'll more get than cheaper. That. Yeah, when they figure it out, you know, it'll get cheaper for sure. There's there's so much to say about this. I did I did do a little live stream, sort of, you know, a few hours afterwards, just to kind of put down some thoughts because you know initially you know i was thinking oh is this the thing that we've been waiting for as a you know as an ultimate virtual studio environment uh and i really think it could be um yeah i think it could i was ruminating though on the 12 milliseconds you know in terms of real time like if you were going to interact with it real time like you know so you've got that it is like all the tracking is i think is is 12 milliseconds so i think that's Mm. just about midi yeah it's just about bearable from a performing point of view, I think. Um, any more than that, that latency impacts on the performance. So it's just on the edge. Um, and I maybe foolishly thought that the logic may be ready or certainly control uh, ready for when it comes out. But And I, well, I do wonder about this because logic just coming out now on the iPad, they'll have taken a good look at all of the interactions and how you control them and maybe resize plugins in different ways to make them. Um, I just wonder whether they've taken a bit of a modular approach with that software. So it, so they can port it into that, um, you know, well, you think uh, they might have actually from... finally uh, they've updated the ES1 interface. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, you know, so yeah, I haven't tried Logic on the iPad yet. I'm really curious to see, you know, typically things with really small, you know, mouse clicky. I know you, I've you, heard, you, I've heard, I've I've heard people talk about it on the Twit Network. Um, it's very much because a lot of people um, use logic for things that it wasn't necessarily designed for like you know just editing podcasts and dialogue things things that are non-grid specific and right. what i've heard and i haven't checked this out yet because we were invited along to the event but it was like the day of travel to Superbooth, so we couldn't we couldn't attend uh, what i've heard is it's very much designed for grid and music r- timing based stuff so it's like it's sort of like garage band 
steroids version rather than a full-blown DAW where you can do some really interesting kind of non-grid type stuff. So because of the limitations of the year, that's what I've heard anyway. Well, I just wonder, you know, it, it would be kind of, you know, sensible of them to have been developing, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Vision Pro implementation for, well, not just Logic, all of their Pro apps, you know, um, Final Cut, anything really, you know, screen where screen estate is at a premium and you know i'm I'm a cubase user and i can't you know i'm always needing more and more space and uh i think one of the main things that this well there's so much you can talk about this i'll, I'll try and keep this brief but that the, the, how high resolution the text is how readable yeah, how legible that'd be the text well 4k yeah it should be decent but it's going to be eye. weird because you per eye yeah so that's yeah. going to make a, make a, some mm. some diff, but yeah, I, all of these things will, will are unknowns, aren't they? I suppose. What, is, what, what do you think about like the fact is that the eyes that you see, like is a screen, and that and it's a it, it's like a virtualized version of yourself. Eyes that the person sees when yeah. you, that another person sees. I think that's quite weird. I'd not seen that. I think there's going to be. I think there's going to be a load. There's a load of experimental features in here. Obviously, this is. There's no way that anybody, you know, a consumer unit like this is going to cost. What this is is a kind of like blue sky thinking. They know they'll know they'll sell out. What they're trying to do is get developers on board to come up with some really, and I'm sure they've got yeah. loads on board already to come up with some really yeah. interesting and unique ways of using it. You know, I, I think I think you're right, but I think as well this there still is an enormous step for something like this to become normal and mainstream yeah, oh, and totally. desired. Uh, however, I'm almost certain, I, I, I'm almost certain that the first time we try that, that we actually try this out, um, it, I think it, it might be like a, that time when we first heard CD players in the 1980s, you, you know, cause that was yeah, like a jaw, that was jaw dropping experience for me. That was, uh, <laughs> Um, do you, do you th yeah, I suppose, do you think, I mean, because the one, one thing, one of the big things about this is obviously a lot of people don't respond well to the, to the, you know, they've got a high, they've got high resolution and it's the resolution and the frame rate that make the difference. So it can make you yeah. quite nauseous and it, it affects sort of 15 to 20% of the population on current technology. So this stuff yeah. will have to be high resolution and high stuff. Well, I mean, do, I, well, I suppose yeah. the question I would ask is, you know, yeah. We forget, it's easy to forget, that both the iPad and the iPhone, the reason that they were so heavily adopted in the first place, the first apps that were on it, or many of the first apps that people really wanted, were music apps and creative, creative creation apps. I wonder if music will play a similarly strong and important role in maybe pushing this technology into the mainstream as well. I don't know. They, had, they did have a DJ, you know, the software DJ. Oh, uh, they, had yeah. that, they had that run in, in but it looked... <laughs> But um, the uh, one thing that I think might make it, what have I missed? No, it's just the, the DJ, I just, you know, it's like the, the usual thing is that, okay, let's make everybody, yeah. the thing that everybody aspires to want to be, everybody wants to be a DJ. Yeah. Oh, right? I see what you mean. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it looks very Spartan what they've shown of that in, in the presentation. But I was just going to say one thing that I'm, I think might make this kind of difficult sort of sale is... In, well, initially, certainly, is that um, it looks like it has to be very tailored and and configured to you to the to your personally. head, so you can't like, you can't go here. Try this. Put it on. Yeah, the screens. Ah, okay. 
slide inside, and I don't think they went into that. But uh, Robin Vincent made a really interesting point because he's got an Oculus 2 headset and he's tried out loads. He's really kind of interested in all of that world. And he says it's the weight. He says you just, you know, having something heavy on your head is 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 fatiguing you just want to get it off your head it's not something that you actually want to. Uh, so okay that's interesting so you know and and you do notice like something which looks like awful for the futuristic side of it the big cable hanging out the back of it as well on the vision pro you just think wow you know this this futuristic device and yet it's you know an apple who've been so much about the wireless yeah. thing you know it's got this you know if it's kind of actually and then that's because of a battery pack it's like the mother of all clank not really isn't it but i mean it's like, it's, not, like the, it's like the mobile phone from the 80s with the base station yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and that battery life is it says up to two, two hours. hours up to two hours so you know yeah. what's going to be happening like you know it says up to two hours you know midway through Can't what watch are you a doing movie. You go unplug your battery put that onto charge take another battery plug it in you know that feels so out of line with the yeah I d- but again i think we're probably making too much judgment on what it is now as opposed to what it will be yeah. this is essentially a massive public beta test i know matt do you think this is gonna because you run multimedia courses and all that kind of stuff and i'm sure there's uh, unreal engine and 3d and all of this kind of stuff within the courses at bims mm-hmm. where you're one of the course directors i mean that's like this is going to bound to feature right i mean it's people are going to be interested yeah He's got to, in fact, we're actually building um, uh, and putting together a new school, a whole new school, which is dedicated to AR, VR, uh, computer gate, gaming technologies, uh, immersive environments, that kind of thing. Um, so that's all being developed currently um, because this isn't going anywhere. Um, having said that, you know, one of the interesting things about this head- headset so far is that we've not actually seen anybody wearing it or using it. No one from Apple not even Tim Cook. Um, the only people who seem wearing it are on these videos. The nerd helmet. You, Who's the, who wants to put the nerd yeah. helmet on? <laughs> well, they, they think they've also done it to kind of stop anyone doing memes. Um, of course, there's so many with uh, Zuckerberg with his Oculus headset on. But um, oh, we've see. only seen people yeah. wearing it in those kind of very heavily... Stylized, sort yeah. of stylized videos yeah which you don't know even know if you, what you're watching is real anyway and what's blue screened and all sorts of stuff so um yeah it's interesting that we haven't done that and everyone who's used them so far i've only had about 15 minutes and have all experienced the same things which are like making phone calls or a dinosaur coming up to the screen and that kind of thing so nothing very sort of um heavily integrated with um you know anything pro if you like I guess the thing that I was asking myself is why do we need this as music producers? What is this going to enable us to do um, over what we have other than it kind of being cool and futuristic? And I suppose the thing that keeps coming back to me is that you're going to be able to use all of these at once when you're Ah, using, I don't know, Logic or whatever. So the ability to, you know, mix using your fingers, multiple faders without using MIDI controllers. Um, But not only that, you know, be able to do multi-tasks at once, and maybe this will become a thing in software where, you know, oh, is that for me? Um, All right, sorry. All right. Yeah, you might be able to multitask. You might be able to do some editing of an audio file while you're changing a plugin parameter, you know, doing multiple things at once, because at the minute it's very sort of, 
one task orientated, isn't it? We're using a mouse, mm. unless you've got a MIDI controller set up and, and that kind of things. But one of the things about MIDI controllers, as we all know, is that um, you have to configure them and assign them, whereas these you don't. So it kind of negates that need for a bespoke um, MIDI controller, all of the um, all of the settings and mappings that you have to do. Instead, you just use your fingers. It's like I'm doing some mixing over here and I'm doing some editing at the same time. I think that's yeah, going to be really maybe, interesting. Maybe. And then, yeah. and then maybe yeah. if there's a couple of you using it at once, it might be that um, one of you's do you know even doing even more tasks. So that's the main thing that keeps coming back to me about why we might find these useful as music producers, what these might enable. There is, there is something really major though, as well, isn't there? Something that we've never even heard mentioned in, 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 in products before, uh, audio, audio ray tracing. And I think that. Oh, I don't know how. Quite, that's interesting. So what happens there is that the device is constantly monitoring your environment. And when it, so yeah, because then it's got built-in speakers. So this is something you will have to consider. Mm. How much ambient sound will it project out? Because there is a foot, there is some footage of someone sort of on a plane, but they've got earbuds, earbuds in, earbuds in as well, AirPods in as well. Um, but like you know, if you're in home or on your own, and that, that is that is a weird thing, isn't it, about it being such a solitary experience? Uh, but with these open speakers. You know, if, if someone else is in the room trying to read or so on, and it's, uh, but anyway, but anyway, the, the, the audio ray tracing though, it's, it's like, it works out. You, I think you, do you take a photo of your ears or you scan your ears, like LIDAR scan or something, your ears. So it knows the shape of your ears. It also then scans the room and then sound it adjusts to be reflected uh, to be as though it's bouncing off all of the different surfaces the things that aren't really there that you've right that are in the i suppose the thing is yeah I, that yeah. does sound very interesting i think you know i'm i'm really surprised that they didn't launch with more immediate examples because that's the one thing that they've really they've done in the yeah. past you know they see they see things and they go here's what it can do and you go wow because they've already got some apps developed for it i don't know whether that means I that it's much harder to do it? yeah but it seems un un weird that they would go so large with it and create such a big sort of hoo-ha but that, I mean, I suppose it doesn't matter. They've got years. I mean, the thing is, is what we forget is for many, you know, for probably the last four or five years, there's been the ability to 3D scan things in iPhones. There's been, you know, you could do LiDAR stuff. There's all these things that are getting things ready to make yeah. things for this. So it's not like a kind yeah. of like, bang, here it is. Nobody knows what, yeah, this just arrived. We have no idea what it's going to be used for. We've got no idea what tools are available. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff is sort of aligned. And also the the, the three-dimensional mixing in Logic and the things that will, you know, you'll be able to experience while wearing something like this are all in yeah. place. So maybe it'll be very quick to be able to see some convincing examples of what it is we should use it for. Uh, I'd, I'd expect so. And I think... Um, it's uh, it's it, one thing that it shows in some of the PR was uh, someone like looking like that. They've got a keyboard and mouse, and it looks like they're operating the Mac, and then it then yeah, being a remote control to your computer. Because I mean, it is a, 
it has got M2 processor built into it, and also right. this new pro- a new processor called R1. So the R1 processor is handling all the, the sensors and the, and the cameras, right? And then the, the M2 is it's running. A, it's a very advanced piece of kit. I mean, that's the, I, I think yeah, that's um, the thing. Much more advanced than anything else, perhaps. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was also thinking about how this could be used in live capacity as well. As I mentioned just before the show, I went to see Roger Waters last night. Probably one of the most uh, massive AV shows that's going on right now. The amount of audiovisual syncing and lighting and all that is absolutely amazing. So I was thinking, I was sat there thinking, you know, if I had one of these headsets on and I'm watching this, I would be able to see what's actually going on. But I'm, I would also perhaps be able to have other things going on in my screen or whatever, or even with the sound as well. So the, there's an ability there, you know, take your head, headset along to a gig and put it on and it enhances the experience somehow. I know some people are going to be uh, watching this. Or don't go at all and just watch it from home with the headset on, I suppose. Well, yeah. That's that Yeah, you could. But, I mean, you can see through it, obviously. You can see what's going on. Um, But they, they, uh, Apple also just acquired a company um, who were responsible for doing Mario Kart using AR headsets as well. So they're buying up all these companies who are already doing stuff. And that's the first thing I thought of when I – was when I saw this as well was I'd love to see uh, I'd love to wear it while you're driving and you're basically <laughs> playing Mario Kart in the real world fire, firing bananas at the car in front of you and you know the driver in front of you if they've got the headset on they get they get some sort of buzz and it's like you've just been hit by Matt's banana and firing <laughs> rockets and stuff I, that's where that's the fun side of things that, so, yeah it doesn't um, sound at all dangerous or distracting but yeah i get your nah, point we'll I, anyway I, I think time we talk, I, I know that people get very impatient when we bang on about apple stuff but i think this is probably one going to be one of those watershed moments where uh, because because they've been the first to go this hard on you know we've i know we've had oculus we've had those things but they are a, a different level of uh, um, resolution away from what Apple has just released. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But don't expect yeah. it anytime soon. You know, it's going to be a little while yet. But they, they've got all the time in the world, really. It doesn't matter um, so yeah. much. That one thing I just to say is that Apple have that software, hardware, you know, ecosystem that no one else can kind of rival. So if anyone can do this, it's probably them. Yeah. Well, as we said, you know, and also other other products are available, but the Mac Pro Studio, I mean, it's a ludicrous amount of money that, uh, but it's, they're obviously going large with that. Starts at seven grand, goes up to seven, six hundred for a rack mount unit. I mean, I'm not going to get into the kind of, you know, the wise and wherefore. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot of money and it would probably last you a hell of a long time, but it's it does seem like an ins- insane investment. Even the base model gives you an awful lot. But anyway, there's also that stuff as well. But I think we should probably move on because, um, just because. So I'm going to start, I'm going to move on, but before I do, I'm going to punctuate with, with some advertising from our friends over at... Uh Isotope. The Summer of Sound, yes. Isotope plug-in allowance launched Summer of Sound. Sales special with up to 50% off all of their software and deeper discounts on Isotope upgrades for their customers. Uh, they're also offering audio lens for free during Summer of Sound. The sale ends on July the 6th. Summer of Sound special offer is, ve- is available till July the 6th at the Native Instruments online shop, the Isotope online shop and the Plugin Alliance online shop as well as at participating retailers worth si- worthwhile worldwide. And don't forget, if you go to the... Um, 
isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and you enter the code Sonic 10. I have confirmed this because it did add the discount. If you buy an already discounted product and you get an extra 10% on top of that uh, with the discount. So use the code Sonic 10, save 10% on any additional purchases you do there. So nice deals at the moment. I sort of was considering a few things myself. So yeah, thanks to them for supporting us. Uh, ads are tough to come by in this time and it's very much appreciated that we do get that support. Uh, okay, we could sort of rewind and go back. It's sort of, we've gone to, we've gone to the future. Now we're going to go back to the past, I think. So this is, um, this, I just thought this was a great little idea. So this is by a guy called... Um, a circuit and it's literally it's a midi fighter twister which is about 260 quid and a little and an android phone running i think it's android running um oh gosh what was it uh i've forgotten uh, yeah that's osc that's right and so you basically got all the midi control everything with a screen sort of quite advanced and he this is a beautiful jam that he does actually it's really lush i just thought this was a really nifty idea and something i definitely would want to try it so you can see with the midi fighter all the knobs and buttons change color so i think he changes pages here and then they all reassign themselves and it and it just looks like a really elegant solution to an age-old problem i don't know how much programming is involved in getting that set up but uh, it kind of takes us into that whole difficulty with uh, you know getting controllers working in the way they want to hold on it just play some lovely awesome it's, this is a really nice jam actually I could listen to it for ages I know Matt I mean it's interesting you know you're 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 jamming with um, your live rig you know you you're not using you, you're not using any MIDI controllers are you to control no I have I I've got remember. the MIDI fire that that's the only ah. main MIDI control that I have so ah, I, okay. I absolutely love it because it's so programmable it's so small it's built like a tank chuck it in your bag so seeing this i was just like oh okay that's pretty good um so essentially you put this osc app on your phone and then it it, it sees what you're you're assigning each of those dials to in your daw or your synth or something like that is that right i think I'm there's sure a certain no i think there's sits. a certain amount you have to you have to it, i think it reads the ccs you name yeah. the parameters i don't think it kind of queries uh, it. i mean them. obviously because right, okay. this is a couple of years ago of this video was shot so i don't think it's sort of pre but i guess if midi 2.0 ever gets its shit together then we might actually be able to just go get the names please and then it would all just <laughs> sort of work in that way but it, i don't think it does at the moment but it's it's a great sort of diy uh sort of kludge i think i, yeah. I just thought it was a really nifty nifty well, bit of uh, do you know what I use at the minute? So I know what each of my dials do. I, I haven't got it out at the moment. Have I? No. I um, I buy little stickers. Um, you know those like packs of stickers you get, the circular ones with red, green, yellow, and blue. And I just put yeah. them on the different knobs. And it kind of somehow I remember, are oh, the red ones a filter, the blue one does pitch or something like that. But and can't you colour the – haven't they got LEDs that colour the MIDI fighter? Yes, Christmas yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So you, you could do that too. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I should do that then and not use my stickers. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah. No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. I know, Gaz, I mean, this is just the sort of solution that I know appeals to me because it's just sort of DIY and it's it's clever. I, I suspect to you also because, as we know, assigning MIDI controllers and using MIDI controllers is just such a it's, – it's not a, it's not a fluent and fluid method of working, is it? No, no. Um not, but yeah, it's it's a funny one. I've really gone away from all of that as much as possible since I've been going down more the Yoraki kind of route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've spent 
days mapping things. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of the time, you know, actually, a lot of some of these parameters, would I ever actually change them? You know, spend more time mapping them than I would ever yeah. spend actually doing. Well, you think just, you know, you think you know what you want, and then actually, when it comes yeah. to it, you never touched it. Yeah, I know. Well, well, we've all been. That's there. why I mean, it goes think, back to what I was saying earlier about using your fingers. You know, with the with the headset thing, it negates all of this kind of thing. You just yeah. use your fingers, I guess. Yeah, but you don't get any tactile nature because then you're in the problem. I mean, we've all talked about, you know, putting your finger on a piece of glass and because you have to True. physically look at what you're doing, but yeah. and you don't get any kind of haptic feedback. Whereas this way, at least you've got something that you can, you know, you can get your hands on, I suppose. Yeah. I've been, I've been thinking quite seriously about getting a, t a Soma Terror, uh, which is almost like the opposite oh. of these things, isn't it? You know, in terms of everything is fixed and nothing is mappable, I don't think. Um, you know, yeah, and, we've got uh, one here at the moment, actually. Just arrived, yeah. Uh, lovely. Have you tried it? Uh, a little bit. It's really... I, I must read the manual because I don't know what all the modifiers do, but it, yeah. it, it's. At, I, I feel, I'm playing it, I think I could probably learn to really get into this and once I figure out what the... Because you've only got 12, 12 note buttons, but then you've got... Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how many, five or six modifier buttons... Mo yeah, the yeah, pitch modifier. Really, it's really interesting. Yeah, it, it feels mm. very fluid, I must say. Yeah, that was my experience first time I played it. So, I, uh, you know, uh, the fact that you do, that you're not having to map things, you just get it out, plug it in, and away mm. you go. You know, uh, mm. <laughs> I'm drawn more to things like that these days. I think. Um, yeah, well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, but it's a nice, a nice I just thought it was a like, nice thing, a nice thing. But yeah, sorry, yeah, go partic on. Particularly like um, modular software, you know, whether if it's VCV rack or whatever. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh great, yeah, I'm going to assign my MIDI controller to all the bits going on in VCV rack, so I don't have to use a mouse. Brilliant, all good, um, but you soon run out of <laughs> dials and stuff. You know, you need so many with the, some of the patches that are going on. And then, of course, you get lost and that kind of thing. So um, I, I did think that the – because Behringer said that they're going to redo their BCR 2000, like v version 2 of it. Um, right. I've, I used their first one, the, the fader one, the, the BCR, yeah, BCR and the BCF, cool. wasn't it? Yeah. I used them quite a lot. Um, Great controllers. And really, yeah, yeah. really good. At, yeah. You when know, you, the, the, when the faders go, would, when you go would move. Up, my BCF oh. blew up. I heard it bang. Really? Honestly, oh, it banged. No. Yeah, capacitors boom, bang, blew up. I think they missed a trick with the, the new BCR in that um, I don't think the, the rings, the LED rings, you can change colour on. So I am going to have to be using my stickers on that if I buy that in future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think because you can most, most now you can page and there are a lot of, but again, we've, we come back to that whole thing of how long do you spend setting it up? I think it makes exactly. absolute sense for live performance. It doesn't make so much sense in the studio because in the studio you're generally exploring sort of meandering through everything you've got rather than working within the fixed set of parameters of the tune or the song or the setup that you've got so it, it's less applicable we still we're still not there yet with the holy grail of uh, of all of that stuff it doesn't quite hasn't quite happened mm. okay um but this does bring us on this actually brings us on very nicely nicely oh that to the doorbell that'll be your thing actually i should probably i should probably do the other ad because i think this is going to take a little while um so we'll just do a quick uh, message from our friends over at baby audio 
They've released the BA1, which they describe as a modern reimagination of cultish 1902 analog synth, which is obviously the CSO1. Uh, looked like a toy, but sounded like a beast. Uh, they impressed upon us that it's not just recreated it, but they've enhanced to move the design forward, adding polyphony and a second analog model oscillator, FM, and the ability to drain the battery for sort of power sag, like running down on the original power source. Uh, that is available now at the regular price. I think we're past the uh, discount, but you can save 15%. Uh, with the code ST2023 at uh, babyaudio.com. If you want to buy any of their stuff, actually, you can save 15%. Use the code ST2023. Thanks them very much to their, for their support. Okay, so, yeah, this is this is where we go because we were talking about controllers, and this is this is kind of, again, a kind of wild swing to the opposite direction, which is just, it's like man in shed with making, making cathedral out of matchsticks sort of version of a controller. Today, I want to talk about this breath control. Oh, it's the wrong one. No, it's that one. No, where is it? Oh. <laughs> Hold on. I need to find it. I do beg your pardon. Let me find this because it should be in my list. Uh, oh, I obviously haven't uh, uploaded it. Let me just, uh, let me just, I do beg your pardon. I just didn't bring it into the session. I was waiting for it to upload. So if you give me one sec, I will just. I go here and here, and then it'll work, right. Hello, how's it going? This story <laughs> starts a month or so ago when I was setting up the music computer room at this museum. Right, so I won't play it all, but this is obviously the excellent look, Mum, no computer, so Rebirth I tried basically this built MIDI interface. this massive well, MIDI controller for... ...upon the software, which is exactly what I was looking for. It manages to give a good hands-on feel of... That's so far. Yeah, so this is basically a, a, a hands-on MIDI controller for Rebirth, which is on running on a 90s computer, so 25 years ago. And it's a, it was, there's various jams, I think Heimbach's playing on it, there's another guy playing on it, and it, it really looks like a lot of fun. And as we know, it's really interesting, because you'd think, you know, software that was written back then would be, you know, maybe less than good or you know not as good as it is these days you know algorithmically or sonically or just because the cpus weren't as major but it's a, just a great video from sam isn't it you you uh i don't suppose yeah this is quite recent isn't it because you you had uh, dealings with him he wasn't using that when he was playing live with you at the drone <laughs> bar thing and uh, 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 not the drone bar thing the um uh, synth 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 yeah uh, he, well, in fact, I think he only could, he, he was only allowed for some reason to use only half of his synth when we did that together. Um, cause I think it was too tall and they wouldn't let him put it on the stage. Uh, but that's another story. Um, but look, how, how amazing is Sam? I mean, his ability just to sort of be undaunted by things. And uh, when he started laying out what he would need to have as a, a you know, a control for Rebirth, it just turned into this enormous thing. Um, I just can't understand how he can not. Come, but just kind of go, oh, do you know what? <laughs> I'll come up with another well, and idea. It seems, to, and it seems to only take a matter of sort of a couple of weeks or something from Inception. Wow. I mean, maybe that's the way the video is edited and whatnot, but it seems to... I mean, I guess once you do it enough times, because a lot of his things have MIDI control, the the idea of laying something out and just putting it into a little Pico controller or whatever it is he uses to, to turn it to MIDI is probably a, a hat, a, a, you know, a, I don't know what the, it's one of those boards is, you know, it's probably one of those. So, yeah, it's just a really impressive... Uh, amazing that. and it looks like good fun doesn't it yeah i mean you know it, it it follows on doesn't it totally from what we were just talking about and having dedicated controls for everything just makes it yeah fun 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 so um but yeah he's going to be his his museum is definitely going to be worth a visit isn't it though what's yeah. it called the museum, museum of, of obsolete obsolete uh, technology of, isn't it obsolete no, things uh, or 
No, the opposite, isn't it? It's saying, uh, ah, I forgot what it's called. Let me see it. Chat room will probably be able to tell us. Let's see, <laughs> yeah. chat room. Come on, this is the challenge for you. Uh, let's see. It's uh, so it's, we should visit the museum. This museum is not obsolete, I think. There we go. Perhaps this, there we go. That's yeah. why I meant it was an opposite. This is not obsolete. Yeah. Thank you very uh, much, uh, Dave Bolden. By the way, I'm just really grateful for people like Sam having you know utter eccentrics like him makes the world a much better place you know I would totally agree with that yeah <laughs> we will have to get out there I mean it, I think the thing is it's right as far east as you can go it's out towards uh it's Mar Ramsgate isn't it which Margate, is a really yeah. lot Margate it's a long long way away from here it's like a five hour trip so you know I think we'll probably go it we'll we'll definitely do it sometime I'd love to get out there I don't know Matt mm. this is the sort of thing that uh you know it's you look like you're holding some heavy cable there is that something you're about to do with it that <laughs> yes i've just had some three core for my power supplies turn up oh which is lovely great. that's so nice i can install these tonight um got some proper cable for it and that sort of thing nice. some crimps yes Excellent. that's uh, as exciting as my life is um well i've forgotten the name of this software again rebirth rebirth, rebirth. it was the first it was the first I loved it, it when it first came virtual. out I was blown away. I, I had it on the uh, Atari ST, I think. And I just I spent hours and hours and hours. It was really my first introduction to working with electronic music. Um, you know, I think I had Sony Acid Forge at that time or whatever it was called. So, uh, yeah, Sony Acid. And, um, and I was mainly recording my guitar and stuff. And then I installed that. And uh, I remember it came on a CD with every single Beatles album as an MP3 which I just didn't quite get my head around. And I remember trying to play it in a CD player and it didn't work. So I took it back and then I was told how to get it off. But anyway, absolutely loved it. I loved the sound of it. I still love the sound of it. I think they got this one so right so early on. It's so fun. Um, but I only had a mouse to play with it. So it was, it felt very restrictive, but I got so into it and I lost so many hours just getting into it, playing with the delays and, just vibing well, it made, with it. It made propeller heads, didn't it? I mean, it totally made yeah, them. As a it really made, did. Just, and it's yeah. it, it came to iPad, um, so it's on there. They sort of ported it. But, man, you know, just just it, seeing this video just made me think, you know, with that MIDI controller, everything just automatically mapped like that. I could go out and play live with that. No problem. Just well, you say automatically, so but that did it. involve like many man hours of soldering and, and manual mapping one to one. Sure. So it's sort of slow. What I should say, yeah. if I had that, if I had what he <laughs> yeah. built, and it, and it was all ready to go, and I literally it was like press play, and that that one does that, and it's always mapped. I'd just be, yeah, I feel confident going out and just playing live with that because you can't really go wrong with it, man. It, it's like everything stayed in tune. Even like the squelchy filters sounded great and, and the delays and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd want it a bit smaller. It looks pretty big. It's pretty chunky yeah, to carry around, but it's got I guess But that's there's something to be said for that because I mean, stuff. we used to use the, uh, when we had a sledge here, I used to use that for MIDI control because it's the, it's such a generous oh, yeah. front panel. You know, they didn't skim and it's really good as a MIDI controller because they all, all of those things work with uh, uh, CCs and there are a lot of familiar one-to-one -one controls that you can map with many sims. Not all, it doesn't work for all, but it's a great MIDI controller. Have you still got yours, Gaz? I died a long time ago. It's just... Oh, in the yeah, it, it, oh, first time out, first time out, and the, and the screen went funny. It's one of those things. If a piece of kit lets you down on the road, I don't know. It's just I fall yeah. out of love or something. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I, uh, good yeah, as a MIDI yeah, controller, yeah. but perhaps not on the road. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, 
I, I also remember like um that was my first introduction to things like uh 808 909 303 and i was like what are these and uh, which led me to kind of go down a rabbit hole of what this equipment was and i guess it was a testament again of like how great those machines were um and how you know when they're all synced together just how much fun and how playable the they essence, are and how yeah. much you can get out of them yeah you know, yeah. and, and this was someone coming from it who'd never seen these machines before. I mean, I must have been, when did it come out? I don't know. I must have been about 14 or something, 13 or 14. Well, here's a thought. I, I wonder, I wonder how much it cost, Sam, to build that, you know, just in parts. I'm not talking about mm. labor. I mean, I imagine mm. quite expensive because there's a lot. So I wonder if you actually just got a boutique 09, a boutique 808, and a boutique, <laughs> a boutique 303, and just had a switch that switched them between... And then maybe a little bit of additional control to control the effects and whatnot. I wonder if that would work. Just, to, just well, I'd it. I'd love now to um, I'd love now just to get the cheap boutique versions of all of these, put them in a rack uh, with a little mixer and some effects, and go out and just jam with that, and just kind of just techno, do yeah. those sort of tracks. Yeah, just like old school techno-y stuff. And uh, yeah. maybe I might even set something up like that in here, away from the modular, just as something a bit more immediate to go to and and vibe with and that kind of thing yeah that's not a bad shout actually good good shout um let's see what else have we got i don't know if there's there is a couple of other topics but i wonder if we might do a few questions because we have got a bit of a backlog and there's one specifically because we last week we did a uh, when is a piece of gear too uh too expensive and that that same uh, show ken flux pierce uh, good uh, friend of the show uh, he posted this one which i think is worth mentioning as well so he said okay when is something too cheap i mean that's an interesting thought isn't it because uh, by the same token we talked we talked last week about how uh you know, when is a piece of expensive equipment too expensive? And I suppose by the same token, when is it too cheap? But that's a harder... I mean, would anybody ever admit to that? It's the sort of thing that you just kind of go, well, you know, sometimes you think, well, actually, I would pay more for that because I think it's worth it. And we all love a bargain. So, I mean, we're unlikely to pay more for it. So I suppose when you think it's worth more to you and you would maybe buy more than one just so that you don't ever run out of them, as it were. Like, I buy... Uh, we buy um, APC Minis, uh, because they really work for our switching system and I don't want to run out of them. So we've got three of them and it also means that other people can use them elsewhere. But, you know, so for instance, and they're about 80 quid each, so that, I think that's a bargain for what you get because the next one up, which is the APC40 Mark II, is like four times the price nearly. So it's, a, you know, it's horses for courses. But that's a good a good one. I don't know, Gaz, what's, uh, when something's too... I mean, I suppose you could also, you know, when, it, when, it's, when it's very poorly made, <laughs> that's when it's too cheap. <sighs> yeah, when it's too cheap. Um, yeah. Um, I think when it, yeah, I think poorly made's a good shout, actually. Oh, yeah, poorly made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when, it, when it's just not going to stand the rigor of it actually being used and there's been plenty of things like that um but i mean something i've talked about a lot though is the that stick the stuff that goes sticky on your on your mm. um we found a lot of that clearing out sonic actually we yeah. found and it's like Ugh! yeah yeah it's just <laughs> <laughs> you know so i mean i wonder if have people learned the lesson with, with that do you think 
I don't I know. Well, sense. people have been so this is what they've been saying about Push Three that has the same co co um, to... covering, which because we uh, we found that we I've got an Alpha uh, a Frontier Alpha track, which is a really nice oh. kind of fader controller, and that is literally you touch ah. it and it, it's like it, I, it won't yes. it sticks to you, and there's no drivers it's, for it anymore, which is such a I've shame. It's a really good little. I, I've got the, got one of them exactly the same problem. Really sticky, horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Now there's maybe Sonic should do it, have it. We should have a product that we could sell in a shop. We could go into uh, maybe go into partnership with something like J Mart, and that it would be <laughs> a, a, a sticky synth destickifier. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Matt, what do you think <laughs> about the yeah, question? Yes, an interesting question. This, yeah, I mean, um, anything that I've avoided that's very cheap uh, is something that's usually got really bad signal to noise ratio. So uh, anything where you're going to plug it in and you turn up the preamp on it and it's just Oh, but white noise. So um, things like that. And then it got me thinking about free software as well because there is some really cool free software out there, and um, but they're always usually a, a way to lure you in to the paid version. So I'm often wary of that. If something's free and I'm like, all oh, right, okay, well, yeah, but then if you pay, you then get this feature and you get that feature and that feature and it, and it lures you in. And before you know it, you spent a load of money mm. um, that you didn't intend to do. So you can go down that kind of slippery slope. The other thing I was thinking, of course, is Behringer doing their knockoff versions of modules out there, your rack modules, doing them, you know, at least a third of the price of what you would buy. And something tell, something does make me wonder about the build quality on them, how they'll stand the test of time with their components and, uh, you know, a lot of cables in and out and that, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. They might be fine. So that, those, they're, yeah, they're the kind of things, but it's a pretty interesting question. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's, yeah, I, I think for me, if something's too cheap, it's usually when you consider it's too cheap, cheap in the American sense is thought of as poor quality rather than more affordable. Yeah. So it depends on what that version, because I know Ken is uh, KFP's in America, so I don't know what angle he's coming at. But I would say if it's just so poorly built that it doesn't stand up to any kind of use, then that's too cheap. Yeah. It would be better to spend a bit more. And uh, I get that. But then sometimes what you're trying to do, what manufacturers trying to do is add so many features in there and they have to cut costs somewhere. So the cut, cost cutting is maybe on the quality of the components. And that's a thing. And as long as you know, ah, is that the Bufaco this, brush? This, that's this not cheap. This is the Bufaco brush. Uh, well, wasn't it? I can't remember how much it was. But, I don't remember. Because um, remember, the Nurleys are quite expensive, aren't they? But uh, The Nurleys are expensive, yeah. But this, this is cheaper than... Um, I don't know, buying, getting some other cleaning products and stuff like that. And just how quick it is as well to use just something so looks like your this. brush, your bush needs a trim there, uh, Matt, by the, when you're holding it, it up, there's a lot it of, does. Uh, it's it's got... look at that. <laughs> um, yeah. The module some... has torn it to bits. Yeah. Oh dear. I can see there's a Making few things interesting there, but... sort of. Yeah. Or, or maybe on the top of the head, you could wear it like a kind of, uh, a cockroach. Like that guy um, from Mad Max. Toes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that that guy from right. Mad Max? There's the poster frame. Thank it's, you very much. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Excellent. Um, I, have we got any other questions? Actually, I said there were loads of questions. There, here's one for me, which I will put. Um, this is from Rocky77 via YouTube. Uh, this was a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Any chance of you dubbing the modal Carbon 8 soon, which was a new... It was a new synth that was announced at uh, Superbooth. I haven't heard anything about it yet, so possibly, but uh, I couldn't say for sure because they haven't been in touch. So I think we're probably going to be waiting a little while until that comes along. Uh, let's see what else have it's, we got. It's, oh, the guess, carbon, yeah. it's the carbon and the argon and the cobalt. Are they all like exactly the same? I mean, or are hardware they wise, hard, hardware. I suspect the hardware is the same. Uh, hmm. From what I looked, it's the same case. Uh, the carbon is a sort of bluey gray. Uh, I yeah. mean, colour differentiation. Argon is more like charcoal grey, very dark, almost black, and the uh, the cobalt, which I think was one of the prettiest synths that would, they released. If they offered, if they offered like like a sort of like I don't know, like a fifty firmware. quid, seventy nine quid firm, where you could just buy the firmware for the different ones. That would make it really attractive, I think, wouldn't it? It would. I don't know whether that's the cat, whether, uh, you know, that's co total speculation. Because they look the same, it may be just that the casing is the same. There might be different yeah, signal paths and components inside. Sure. We don't know. But that yeah. is a great idea. I'm trying, there wasn't there a synth that did that where you could, uh, you could switch out because we were. Didn't we talk about that with the, the Tech music? The little, uh, the fireball, the fireball, oh, yeah. and the. We talked uh, about maybe that being a thing, but that I don't I think, think that's. That Oh, it would be so good, wouldn't it, if Ten Ten did do that? You know, and uh, you know, for maybe a smallish fee, not too much, uh, so you could choose which one's which. Um, but uh, yeah, Roland Varios, you could switch out, couldn't you? And uh, you could switch out from being like the sampler thing to being um, a a D fifty, I think, came out for it, and uh, one really, more thing. Okay. Yeah, and then nothing else ever else. Okay, I think it was two things. Well, that's about, is there is there much different to that and their plug out concept, which is kind of the concept I mean, it's of like system a, eight. It's, that was the, the idea, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean this this sort of predates that by nearly twenty years yeah. or whatever, fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people were really upset with Roland over that one because I think they dropped the support really quickly. Um, Oh uh, right. yes, I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I guess they didn't. They they went down the more the the less dear. But you could sort of see it. I can imagine. I mean, if I was Roland in that situation, I was built these things, and then you know they used a yeah. bunch of DSP, and so they had to kind of. And I think what happened is they saw the writing on the wall of DSP maybe going up in price coming down the line, and thought we need to make this more efficient so that we can continue to make products. Mm -hmm. And so that's maybe where they went. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I know. Hard to know. Isn't I had it? I had the MMP, the mic modeling preamp. Um, I've still got it somewhere. So that was a curious thing. And that had like a, and that had slots that could be, uh, so you could load in compressor modules uh, and all of that never, <laughs> never came. So it just, as it, so I think Roland now though, w with the cloud and they've really moved on from those, those bad old times, thankfully. Um, let's see. We've got a couple more questions. Uh, oh, here's one. MIDI129 has been quite insistent with this one, so I guess we should address it. Uh, this is via YouTube. Uh, Apple Vision if you wear glasses. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, d I don't know. I, has that been addressed anywhere? Was that mentioned? Yeah, I can't the, remember if it was. I read about that. There, there is the ability to put um, uh, prescription things inside of them. Oh, so um, you need to spend more on it to, or, or you need to spend more. Yeah, I don't believe you can wear just glasses with it unfortunately so um yeah that is that's, i was going to bring that up earlier but that, I, I thought, yeah 
What for? Cheers, mate. For, the, yeah. for the Apple Vision Pro. No, no, they've, the they've teamed up with they've teamed up with Zeiss, who can make Zeiss, the that's special it. Ah. lenses for to your optical needs. I can't imagine that would cost much, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> like it's like the watch band isn't it it's like yeah you can have some zeiss yeah. it's like those those vision express glasses that you buy for 20 quid now you can't have those we can make some zeiss ones for 400 dollars though or more <laughs> i suspect yeah well okay well that i i mean i suppose we don't actually fully know but uh that there is an answer but we don't know how much it's going to cost um there's also one from robarth melted cheese home studio which i didn't know about there's any thoughts of the future of cakewalk Sonar returning to paid versions. That's because uh, that's owned by BandLab at the moment, isn't it? BandLab um, are the company that that people should probably know about, but don't. I mean, they are massive. BandLab, which is the the kind of it's like a web-based Android and iOS uh, creation platform, like some basic DAW. They have got. I mean, I forget. Last time I checked, it was something like seventeen million active subscribers mm -hmm. i mean it's an insane user base so i didn't know about this but band keep your eye out for band lab because they are a big player i think they're going to be coming on strong at some point because they're building this enormous user base and then also mm. privately owned which is quite unusual for a company of that size but i don't know anything about that i mean i never really used yeah. i mean sonar had its moments but it never it always it, i think it was the development cycle of it was in decline when other DAWs were coming up and kind of taking over. So it sort of, it lost out a little bit. It didn't keep up at the time. I and mean, it's still a, f a great DAW for beginners and it's got pretty much everything you need and it's free at the moment. So I, I can't see why there would be an issue with that. I don't know. Do you, any of your lot use uh, Cakewalk? No, um, no, but it's, I was an early adopter back in the day um, on my Atari, but I soon... As soon as I installed installed uh, Acid, Sony Acid, I was straight off it because Sony Acid did time stretching and stuff, and it, you threw in a loop and it just time stretched, and it was just like, oh, okay, that's an easy choice for me, and and I guess that's how my musical journey's been. It's any DAW that I've just kind of gelled with and connected with, and it just did things kind of quite immediately. I was like, yeah, I'm all over that. Um, and this brought me on to thinking the other day, you know, about about the kind of DAW climate and what we've got and where things are situating itself. Because obviously, you know, you've got Avid, uh, who have just been bought, haven't they? I think they've just sold. Um, have they? I know there was talk about it. I don't know who it went to. Do you know who who it went to? I, I don't know. Who, I can't remember who it's gone to, but um, but it's gone, and that's really okay. interesting thing at the moment and because obviously they're still the front end in most studios media studios audio studios around the world they're they're very much in the industry aren't they they're they're everywhere then you've got ableton which is this is very much focused on electronic and live performance and non-linear working then you've got bitwig that's kind of come along and and taken that and run with it on steroids and giving you all the modular stuff and then you've got logic that's kind of for me, he's trying to do a bit of everything, you know, because it's it's got the kind of clip launching in there now, and it's got its uh, linear timeline still, and um, it's just interesting to try and figure out where all of these people are going as we move forward, to kind of carve out their niche, their their market, if you like. Mm. Um, I was just thinking about that, and then yeah, Cakewalk comes up comes up there, and Sonar and stuff, and then of course. Um, the, am I right in thinking the UAD one, the Universal Audio one now? Um, yes, that you can just you can use that now without 
Universal Audio Hardware. Isn't that correct? Oh, what's the name of it? UAD. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Exactly. UAD, In the uh, chat room, does anyone remember uh, what can't, it's called? You can't search for DAW because they don't call it a door, do they? They call it something. <laughs> Luna, that's right. Luna. It's Luna. Yeah, Luna. I don't, I don't know how that's going. I mean, I know a lot of people like it. I mean, it's a very... Yeah. Simple and straightforward recording interface, but amongst other things, it's sort of one. I was just looking to see what uh, who owns Avid, and it all like who's Avid owned by resulted in uh, Intercontinental Hotels Group PLC. But there, it turns out there's a hotel group <laughs> called Avid, so it's not them. I'm not sure they have been bought. I think there's the only news items I can find, which are the same things, were they were exploring the options of selling. And I don't know if they've actually got an announce, anything's officially announced. So I, I don't want to uh, be responsible for any um, okay. misinformation. So I, I'm not then sure. Then maybe that got that wrong. Actually, yeah, I, I think there was a. What happened was is there was a chap, uh, Barry John Studio Talk. He d he did a thing, and his his headline was two weeks ago, and it says Avid Technology has been sold, and everybody kind of latched onto that. But then there was a lot of conversation about. Uh, no, it's not been sold, but they're exploring selling, and it, you know, so it's a different, um, a different thing. So I don't we all check only it? hope that some. Well, I only hope someone who buys it is not like a, a kind of run by management consultants and is looking for you know VC. It's it, it goes back into the hands of maybe people who understand the creative industry, and it can go back and be a bit more benign. That would be nice because obviously they've been screwed. They've been turning the screws on the subscription models and getting I mean, it's still a very, I mean, don't get me wrong, lots and lots of people use it. And I think they've that where they really, at the same time as doing that, I think what they do, they pushed really hard for it to be included in educational facilities. So everybody who's coming through, you know, it's almost like you, you get them young, you get them hooked young, and then you, you sell them stuff when they're older and they can make those choices. I don't, do you, you must do loads of Pro Tools stuff at BIMS. Yeah, is that still the primary, make... is that the primary thing, do you think? No, we, we kind of call ourselves DAW agnostic in that we provide students with Logic, Pro Tools and Ableton on a regular basis. And we will ask them to undertake particular procedures using all three of them. So in that way they can evaluate, you know, which one they want prefer to use for editing, sequencing, um, time stretching, um, you know, all the all all different procedures really. We allow them to explore them. And then throughout the three years, um, they should come out at the end of the degree uh, being wizards in all three pieces of software. We we do think that they should come out knowing Pro Tools, because I mentioned it's everywhere. Uh, Logic, because it's a great all-rounder, it's great for working with media, um, video as well. And then also Ableton because it, it allows you to do take what you do in the studio and perform live with it. So they're the three that we're always getting them to chip away at and use on a regular basis. Cubase is mm. king. Cubase is king. Long live Cubase. Long live Cubase. Through it all. Just saying, uh, Jim, Glue, Jim Glue said, don't forget Media Composer is the industry standing <laughs> editing software. I would, uh, I agree, Cubase is great, and I know you use it to great effect. I'm not sure Avid Media Composer is. I think uh, Resolve, uh, DaVinci Resolve, has Blackmagic software has eaten chunks out of all of those pro market shares. It's hard, It's really hard to argue against it because it's just, yeah. now, I mean, this is a, this is a, a fairly, but one of the things that we had problems with when we're doing our work for shows all our stuff is edited in uh, davinci resolve and we were having a trouble sort of how do we do poster frames because i would always sort of do it via youtube interface where you can build them using TubeBuddy. but uh, what i've actually done is i've just created another timeline in in our default project where you can very very easily make really good poster frames with all the video effects and export a still 
and I use it for that now. And also, not only that, it'll do um, auto-generated captions. Uh, this is the paid version anyway. And auto-subtitle. Auto I mean, it's just the things it, it does are... are you know, for, for next to nothing. I think it's 300 quid to so buy So there it. you go, Nick, we, going back to really earlier when I was talking about things being free. Um, and so DaVinci does a lot of stuff in the free version, but now you say you're you, you're paying for the next version up to get all these extra We've always, yeah. Uh, well, only, no, no. We use the free version for editing our shows because we can put it on a right. cloud machine. We don't need a license for it, and it's fine. We're not using yeah. any of the features. We own multiple copies of the license of the real thing because we use it here for the more advanced stuff for in-studio editing. But for the most of the things that we need it for, we just don't need those extra features. So we can fire up a cloud machine if someone needs to edit it or if someone needs to edit we could just say get this and it'll work you know we're not we're not using anything for those mm. sort of edits so free version is really really um, it's hard to argue against and it, it it's still yeah. bloody good yeah so i have to say yeah 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 um we we've probably hit hit the end stops i think i mean there were a couple mm. of other topics but we'll save them because next week we're another week into summer and there may be there may be nothing to talk about <laughs> at all and nobody available because everybody's always gigging or on holiday or whatever there's always stuff to talk about gads thanks so much for joining us you're you're streaming tonight right remind yeah, you, can you remind us what you're doing and where where, where to find you I'm going to be streaming on the Gaz Williams Show on YouTube and on Twitter, and I will be uh, at eight. Well, at eight PM. What do we say? G. I keep getting confused. BST, UK time. And mm. <laughs> sorry, Nick. What do you say? Do you bother clarifying time, like in or do, or do people? Oh, you know what? Uh, not always, um, because mm. people figure it out. You know, yeah. basically. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just updating your title. Your title for the entire show has been something to do with uh, Omnisphere. I have no idea why that is, so I'm just trying to fix oh. that. Uh, uh, as <laughs> Gaz oh, is an just... Omnisphere in himself. <laughs> no, what's going He's on? It's inserting YouTube. Sorry, it's, oh. it keeps insert. I, I know what so, it does. It keeps trying to insert YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, look, there we go. YouTube yeah. Omnisphere in-depth tutorials. I mean, that's just not wow. not, what I'm going, <laughs> not what I was going for at all, and probably all right. not what you're offering, frankly. Well, I can if anyone wants some. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be. No, I'm going to be looking. Yeah, I'm going to be just going into depth with the uh, the 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 role of ancient times, the Roat, the Soma Roat, uh, and in conjunction with the uh, um, uh, the Wingy from Meng Chi. I think Meng Chi is quite an interesting character. I'd like to find out more about Meng Chi, almost like a Chinese Vlad Kramer or something. So I think it's something quite really. Oh, quite interesting. Yes. And Sorry, it, it well. won't let me change it. <laughs> you are. That's what you are this week. I beg That's your pardon. Right. Maybe, maybe really. I'll make, finally You're make my something. fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll look forward to that. So that's eight o'clock tonight, right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Please Excellent. come along and yeah, be fun. Thanks. Cool. And so what's coming up with you then, Gaz? Uh, Matt, sorry, you're, are you, you You said you were doing another stream. You had your, um, uh, I'm, what was the one we, yeah, I'm gonna we finish. linked to last week, didn't we? Well, I can't remember what it was now. It was, uh, yeah, you, it was um, your live setup, wasn't it? Yeah. Live setup. Oh, yeah, yeah. If anyone's interested in that and they want to know about how I performed at Superbooth and I'm, I went through all of that. Sorry, my partner's just, I'm just saying hello to the dog. Alina. Oh, well, as you should, um, as you should. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be putting this desk, this these racks together and putting in the power supplies. I've got the second. I should say there's the second one behind me, 
as well. So I'll finish doing the video for that and that'll probably go online in the next few days. So yeah, if anyone's interested to know this process and all that kind of thing, um, do, do check out the channel. But other than that, uh, then I've got the studio to rebuild and got something oh, that's just, just arrived that. as well. <laughs> just that. And um, shall I show? Can I show them something else we've got that I might be doing a re review of first, Sonic? Oh yeah, if you, yes, if it's arrived, yes. yeah, absolutely. This one here. So oh. this is a sequencer taught by Tulsa oh, Electronics. Tulsa Electronics, right? The T1, which looks really interesting. So um, yes, thank you to uh, Techno um, uh, for sending this. Oh, through. Technomatic. So, Excellent. Technomatic. Is, is that I call him Techno Ah, yes. Yeah, so, so, Simon, Simon brought Sorry. it back for you. Uh, uh, excellent. He nice brought one. it Thank back. You, Simon. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. It looks really, that looks, really interesting. That looks I've a been... lot like the Korg SQ64. It's, it's yeah, it's probably about the same same size, and it, it, it feels really well made, um, actually. It's got a lot of ballast in it. Push and, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of ballast in it, so... Looking forward to getting stuck into that one. I had a little play with it when I was at Superbooth. I was really impressed. And I've also been following a guy called Surgeon, um, electronic music yeah, producer, yeah. who goes out with just this and a Pulsar and a couple of other bits and bobs. And this, he's getting loads of cool stuff out of it. Um, and just lastly, um, Inky in the chat room said, can we mention that there's a Hardware Jams online festival this weekend, please? So, ah, uh, okay. Hard, uh, well, hardware uh, if Jams someone posts that link festival. in... The Post that link in the YouTube comments, uh, and then it'll 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 be available at this time. If you've got a link to that, because I don't I don't have any of the details. I think myself, okay. I will be maybe seeing if I can get my two Nokia's uh, back. I'll put my SIM in it and see if I could use that again. Because just just the muscle memory of me doing these things with my thumb is it's it reminds me so much of when I had these. I love these phones. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe they'll be good, and it might stop me scrolling on worthless uh, social media sites. Oh, breaking Gene news. Simmons. Gene Simmons at Prime Minister's, Prime Minister's Question Time today. Gene Simmons at Prime Minister's Question what? Time. What? I beg your yeah. pardon? What, from Kiss? Yeah. So, wow. don't know what he was he doing there. Yeah, I don't know. I think he might have just been watching. Was he in, watching, was he in, in full part. makeup or was he yeah, oh, just in part? <laughs> no. Oh, no. I hope so. They wouldn't have let him in. <laughs> wow, that's random. That is yeah. kind of breaking news or breaking uh, trivia, perhaps even. But yeah, thanks for that, guys. Right. <laughs> Maybe we can go search it out. Well, uh, thank you, folks. Uh, have a lovely week and we will see you all soon. Um, thank you all of our f uh, friends in the chats. Thanks to Wagyu for moderating and doing what he does. And I uh, hope you all have a great week. We'll see you all next time. And I'm going to press the button and hopefully the new credits will run, which credit both um, the composer and the animator of the credits. But it might not work properly. So I guess that makes it... Well, something quite exciting so see you all later cheers folks bye bye